Welcome to the Interesting People I Know podcast. I'm your host, James Oliver, and this is a Positive Worth production. You've joined me on my journey of holistic learning as I talk with people about the five Fs. Field, family, finance, fitness, and faith. Today's guest is an executive coach and entrepreneur with over two decades of leadership experience. Her coaching is responsible for me getting tens of thousands of dollars in raises over the years and was instrumental in me getting all of my past leadership positions. In addition to that, it's kind of her fault that I became a coach. So without further ado, join me for my conversation with... I'm Patty Cotton, mm-hmm. and I am an executive coach to CEOs and their executive teams. Okay, and how long have you been doing that? I've been doing that since 2010. Okay. So 2000. quite a bit now. Yeah, so you're coming up on 14 years. And on your website, it shows that you have talked to quite a few different people across many industries. Um, talk to me a little bit about like how many different companies you've either done direct work for or you've helped coach their executives. Oh, goodness. Uh, So there have been probably by this time, I want to say hundreds conservatively, because I have a really full practice. And that's either engaging with the uh, company's top administration to do several things, such as coach the CEO, the executive team, work with the managers and group coaching and so forth, or simply coach the CEO or top executive that that is really needing a brain trust. Okay. So probably hundreds of companies, although as you notice, I'm industry agnostic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. you've done everything from looks like healthcare <laughs> to Boeing to um, all kinds of private sector and public sector alike, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I like that, though, industry agnostic. Yes, <laughs> yes, because human beings are human beings. You can dress them up in different industries, and they have different uh, bases of knowledge and expertise, but at the end of the day, executive coaches should be, at their best, uh, growth and development experts. Sure, sure. So you and I have talked about professional things for quite a few years now, um, although no no holds barred here, no secrets, we're relatives. We you're, are. You're my aunt. Yes. Um, but I began coming to you for coaching off and on, oh, I'd say, I know it was no less than seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because seven years ago was when I joined Adventist Health, and I was just getting ready to negotiate my first salary with them, and you gave me some great advice about how to do that. Um, what I remember is you said to me, go in with a very grateful attitude once they've given you the offer and approach the negotiation from the standpoint of, I appreciate that, that's very generous. I mean, assuming that it, it is at least mildly generous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then be willing to say, and here's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that still the same kind of advice you give to people or what? how has that advice grown um, since then? So for me personally, that would still be the same because at the base of everything, I feel that we need to respect each other as human beings. We're not here to barter and try to win from each other, although there are many who might be that way. I always come from a mutual respect standpoint. And so thanking them for the offer and respectfully sharing what I am hoping and looking for would still be my approach. You know, there are a lot of companies, a lot of people who will not operate with mutual respect. True. And and you have to deal with that. But if you're the person of integrity walking into the room, understanding that it is perhaps one of your 
hopefully top values to mm -hmm. respect you yourself and other human beings then that's how you're going to come at that yeah. whether or not they choose to haggle undermine or or to edify what you're bringing in you still need to be you and yeah. so that's why I would say that is still my approach to respectfully thank them and to respectfully share what you're looking for if there's a difference or a gap to be negotiated sure what do you do in a job market like today, though, where you have companies that perhaps no longer have to just take whoever they can hire? They actually have a choice of who they want. And you might be in a position where you feel like you don't have good options. You have to select from a couple of bad ones, or maybe you only have one bad option, or mm. you're out of work. What do, you, mm -hmm. what do you tell people then? So, so I would say this, what's your bottom line? What's your BATNA? We call that in negotiating. What's your bottom line so that you can still respect yourself and not feel resentful going into work? Understanding that the business landscape, if as you describe, is a tough one and there aren't necessarily a lot of choices at the moment, to say to yourself, what am I willing to do right now to gain a foothold and then evaluate, reevaluate in a year, 18 months to see where you are. Sure. It depends on your values, what's most important, your priorities and your values. And then can you, knowing those, respectfully enter into, and when I say respectfully, have your self-respect, feel grateful, don't feel resentful about going to work every day. Can you accept this job here, knowing that the landscape is going to change and yeah. that you can reevaluate in a while? Yeah. Now, you and I have talked for hours before, and I know we could talk about some of this for hours and hours on end. I really want to hear a little bit more um, now before I get myself too distracted on, on other topics about your journey into coaching. How did you? How did you start? What was your? You know, how did you get off the ground? Because mm. um, because I'm in that very journey right now. I'm trying yes. to add coaching among a couple of other things. It'd be great if podcasting made money. So. I think this is that point where you're supposed to say like and subscribe. Yes. But, <laughs> um, but how did you get into coaching and, and even have a hope that that was going to pay the bills? So I got into, I really had the mindset from very small on the playground. I would look around and see the kids that hadn't been chosen for a team. And I didn't feel sorry for them. I just couldn't understand why nobody included them. So I would run over and we would figure out what they loved to do and we would figure out how to be a team of sorts and run off and go do things. So I was always looking for potential. Okay. So that's a driver for me. Now fast forward that to my working life and where I became inspired specifically for coaching, that was when I was a chief development executive at a large healthcare system and I was put in charge of fundraising for five hospitals. And uh, there, were a, there was a smattering of different things that had to be done, new initiatives, clean up old initiatives, figure out problem initiatives and so forth. And so uh, with the help of some good consultancy, I really got my feet off the ground there sure. um, by uh, one particular consultant who taught me how to bring my thoughts about strategy onto paper in a way that was understandable to others. So I came up with a strategic plan for the five hospitals and at the time 
it was a tough business landscape for that facility and we were very limited as to who we could hire. Okay. And so I had been charged with raising $11.3 million over five years, I think. So they, just a little. Just a little. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, mind like you, double they, your salary Right. And they didn't have any near that annually, historically, that would say we could do that. So came up with the strategies, put these down on paper and what really needed to be done in an actionable way, understanding that we needed to hire people but that there were no experts. So I hired people straight out of college and actually had to teach them how to do the rudiments of fundraising while running and launching campaigns, which was pretty wild. Yeah. What I discovered during that time was that I love strategic planning, but I'm on fire to develop the human potential that can get us there, wherever yeah. there is. And, and that is really where I fell in love with coaching, when I understood that you could help people rise and become more of themselves to do greater and better things to impact the better good, that's where I fell in love with coaching. Okay, so you fell in love with coaching, and now you get to a point where, I know there's a whole other story that we could or maybe shouldn't go into either way about how you got in, how you left that position and then began to step out on your own and began coaching, but, right. but what was, I mean, how did you get your first client? How did I get my first client? You know, I, I didn't know. I thought, you know what, people know me, I'm gonna hang up my shingle, and my phone wasn't ringing. I thought, I don't understand this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, didn't al I also didn't understand marketing. And so I had to quickly learn that uh, it's not the fanciest of websites that you put up, it's not, you know, whatever, whatever that is, it's starting with your warm contacts. So what I actually did was I interviewed eight executives in key positions and I asked them what their top challenges were. Give me your top challenges. I want to put together a survey and then I want to share what I'm doing. So I interviewed these executives one by one, compiled the list of challenges that they were facing and they were pretty much the same. And then went back to them and shared, this is what you and your colleagues are saying. These are the things you have tried. Would you be interested in something that could help you get there okay. and I pitched my coaching and that's how I really got my first client okay yeah so yeah. of those eight one of your first clients was in that pool yes yes okay. there were actually two that said yes cool. the other started talking about me which helped to leverage my visibility which was really great and off and running so I often tell my students because I teach executive coaching at the master's level at a university here um, I tell them start with who you know and start with being interested, truly interested, find out what their challenges are, and then share what you can do for them, and, and you will at least have shared with a few people what you're doing, and they'll go talk about you. So yeah. it's been 13 years now. What did you charge for those first clients? What did I charge for first clients? Boy, 13 years back, when a loaf of bread was five cents, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. What did I charge for my first clients? Uh, so understanding that a package of six months was twice a month coaching for six months because, sidebar here, you're really not going to see lasting change until about the eighth to twelfth session. Okay. You're going to do a lot of groundwork, but the client has to make a lot of internal shifts that embrace the mindset and the actions they're taking so they actually integrate and become rather than, oh, this is a checklisty 
programmatic thing I'm doing, right? So you have to become more, and that's going to you're going to really start that seeing those shifts about the eight to tenth session of the twelve sessions. So it's not unusual for a coaching package to be at least twelve sessions because so, otherwise, you know. Yeah. So before we get to the price portion, then yes, you mentioned not only twelve sessions but six months. I have seen a lot of coaching sessions that are lasting or advertised for three months, mm -hmm. but from your experience, do you feel like there's something that's important about that six months, or can I do 12 sessions over three weeks? You can do, the, yeah, great question. You can do three months, but here's what that's going to look like. Every week you're going to be you're going to be sprinting to the next coaching session. You're not going to have enough space in between to actually apply the work, to practice the work. Okay. So. I really recommend stretching it out over six months so that you can encounter those tough challenges and practice and, and fall on your face and get back up with your coach's help and figure out how to do it right. If you're doing it every week, unless there's an intense and urgent crisis, a critical situation that needs to be addressed very carefully, very closely, very fast, and that's generally not the case, I would stretch it out to six months. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, so back to pricing. So knowing that, yeah. six-month package, six months, right? Six months, 12, 12 coaching sessions, sessions with an assessment up front to see what we're going to be working on and, and that sort of so, thing. So now, and I'm assuming that's roughly 12 to 18 hours of face-to-face -face time. Yes, and mind you, with my packages, I'm accessible to them in between sessions if there's something of an urgent nature. Oh, okay. And I also include an assessment. So it's not hours for dollars. Yeah, okay. okay? So that package back in the day was two thousand dollars, okay. and um, I wasn't getting much traction. And I talked to a sales success coach, and in forty-five minutes, she convinced me to triple my price, which I thought was absurd because nobody was going for it for two, except sure. for one or two people. And I got out there, and and the next six weeks, I sold forty thousand dollars worth of contracts. Wow! Because why? Um, because tripling it reflected the value they were getting. You see, coaching, if it's done right, will bring you between four times to ten times the ROI of the investment. So if you invest, you know, a thousand dollars, you're going to get four to ten thousand back. It's figurative. I'm just, you know. Yeah. Is, so, is that ROI for the individual or for the company or both? It depends on what you're working on, okay. and certainly, certainly when you're working with an individual on behalf of the company, it does cascade on out to the company. There have been reports of up to 49 times the ROI, but the wow. industry average is four to ten times the investment. So if you know that, and I'm you sorry, say- four, That's four to ten times in a year, or? Four, yes. Okay. Yes. So, so knowing that, respecting the respecting the ROI of what you're receiving those in the business world that understand what coaching can do were very happy to pay six they were wondering what that 2000 was going to get them quite frankly it was it was to the point where psychologically it was actually denigrating to the idea of coaching yeah so okay so we understand how you got your first client I understand some of the pricing model how did your faith play into what you did? Oh, goodness. My faith uh, on a couple, couple levels. First of all, I, 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 am, I have great faith in God. That's, you know, he drives everything for me. 
and and so I have to say that I had faith because I knew he was on my side and I felt convicted that this was my next calling. But then I had faith in me as well because you know this, we being relatives, we come from a family of entrepreneurs and we can trace back at least five or six generations of business owners slash entrepreneurs right back down yeah. to the village smithy, right? We always were, we were, we were business owners. We were, and so, so that was already in my blood. And so I had faith because I had seen my parents do this. We heard stories of our grandparents doing this and so forth, that it could be done. Now, faith is a great thing because it's the, hey, I can do this part. But the science part of it, if you will, is that you have to understand that it's already been done. And to do that, you have to see other people that have done it and you have to find out how they did it. Yeah. And so it comes back to that strategic action plan when I was in development in corporate saying, you know what, I know that with a good plan that's proven, I can get there. So I had the mindset and I had the plan. So that was, it, it was not easy for me, but it was simple. Your faith has tied into your business mindset. It's also tied into family. Mm. And so it's actually a pretty good segue to that next question I had. How has, how has family impacted what you've decided to do for a career and impacted your coaching? Family has, and I described a little bit of that from the from from the birth family. Mm -hmm. uh, we got the mindset, the can-do attitude, because whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Said yeah. Henry Ford, right? And so, yes, and I Henry was I can, right. I think I can earn a billion dollars. I'm just. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm right with you, my friend. Yeah. So, so you've got to have the mindset, then you've got to have the plan, and you've got to work the plan. So those are the three things, and we witnessed that. We lived that. We girls growing up, because whether Dad was pastoring, teaching, or building a you know small healthcare empire, or whatever it was, there was always the man. I can do it. Uh, here's what I'm going to do, here's the plan, and I have to work the plan, and if I fall down, I'm just gonna get back up, because it's how many times you get back up that counts, mm -hmm. right? And so, there's that. My, my own family here has been very supportive of me, which it has been a real blessing. And uh, there have been really lean times. I, I stepped out to do my own business during the recession. 2010, 11, 12 were some of the worst. That was when we had the stock market crash, the whole, you know, or a little earlier than that. But um, it was a tough period. But I believed I could do it, and the family was very supportive. So that's a really key element, James, and I, I'm glad you asked about that because if you don't have support around you and family comes first, you're likely going to have a big uphill struggle to do anything like this. Mine, fortunately, was they were my best cheerleaders. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's been a really crucial part to me. And the reason that I'm asking about these five Fs is they're more or less the just a creative way of talking about what it takes to be a holistic person. Right. And um, in my own experience, going back the last seven years in, in corporate HR and in local HR, Yeah. I have seen many successful leaders, I've seen many yeah. unsuccessful ones. I've had my own moments of great successes and failures along the way. And I know that what I want for other leaders is to be a holistic person and to be a, create holistic value where 
Um, I'm not really interested in coaching someone who wants to work 20 hours a day. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to someone working 20 and see how do we get you down to eight. Sure. Um, sure. And how do we give you time to have a family or to spend with your family? Yeah. So, so that certainly is important for me and what I'm trying to do as well. But rubber meets the road. I mean, how has... I, I'm assuming there have been busier times and less mm -hmm. busy times. And mm -hmm. how have you balanced running your own business and having a family? Yeah. Well, as I say, they've been very supportive. And yet, you're right. There have been very busy times. I almost ran myself into the ground uh, the last three or four years because there was so much business, which is a blessing, but I was trying to do it all myself. Hmm. So I recognized that my family might be taking a back seat because of my fervor to help us get ahead and finish mm. line well and so forth and so on. So I actually decided to bring on team. So now I have three coaches that can come on with me and do some of the work. And I can then respect my work ethic value and my family value. Yeah. Uh, because those two can certainly collide when you own your own business. So yeah. I asked myself what was more important and how could I configure it so I could have it all? Because that's yeah. a cotton question. <laughs> How can you have it all? I'm sure there's a yes and rather than an either or, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. So that was it. And I love your holistic uh, approach. I also approach it the same way because I, I will often say you can't, you, you take yourself to work and back again. You can't just say, oh, where am I now? I'm going to be nice guy for, for 10 or 12 hours and then I'll go home and be a beast or mm -hmm. vice versa, right? And so you have to look at every element because if you're not managing part of your life, then you're not showing up as your best leader, depending, it, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're making decisions about scaling your business, if your finances aren't in order or your faith isn't in order or you know your friends and family whatever that is isn't in order you're not going to show up as uh, as you at your best in your decision making to scale your business you're just not because part of you is compromised yeah let me say it that way so leaders may often be surprised when i bring out the coaching wheel which which has eight or ten elements to it mm -hmm. finances community friends love life uh career and so forth and I'll ask them to rate themselves in each area. Yeah. You know, you've seen it. Mm -hmm. And so where where do you need to shore up? And they'll say, Well how does this relate to my needing to do this? And I said, Well you tell me. And often they'll come up with the answer themselves. That yeah. it really does matter, that they show up at their best in every element of their life. So uh, commonly, the, the last piece that I wanted to ask you about in this holistic value and this holistic approach um, is one of the most commonly neglected areas that I've seen mm. in leadership, which is fitness. Yes. So, um, you know, in the Adventist church, we talk about people going up to the corporate office and getting yeah. the corporate front and yes. or, um, getting their, you know, their big old belly, bellies from all the veggie meat or whatever it is they're eating there. Too much sugar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never done that. No, neither have I. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's your approach been to fitness over the years? It's, it's absolutely essential, you know, and, and it will come. So, so when we talk to executives about that, they will not readily see why at first, but when we talk about stress management, when we talk about clear-headedness, about energy and so forth, they certainly get it. So unless you are physically and uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually fit, those are holistic components of leadership, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to be at your best. Now, boots to the ground. 
uh, fitness every day, doing some kind of exercise and so forth, we can tell you, we can show you not neuroscientifically why you need to do that. The back and forth motion of walking, swimming, or just about anything else that you can think of actually helps your brain process through at an easier and better rate decisions that you're making, uh, things that you're facing, challenges and so forth, and it certainly keeps the stress at bay. So that's first first blush, that's what comes to me when you ask me that question. Okay, so the, um, so bringing, bringing this all together, then what recommendations do you have for someone like me who is stepping out for the very first time, hoping to start their own coaching business? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I mean, the world has changed just a little bit since 2010. Yes. And it's easy to feel like, oh, you had different advantages or disadvantages than I do now. Mm. Um, yeah. What's your advice? Yeah. So <clears throat> advice is never think you know it all. Yes, I started in 2010, but I'm always working on myself. I'm always in new educational programs to stay on top and so forth and so on. So remember that you're a learner. Remember that your expertise is in facilitating human growth. It's not in knowing a certain set of things unless you're doing consulting as well. Uh, that you never do it alone. Whether you think you do or not, nobody does it alone. You need a team. And a team may look official. You may hire people or you may simply have a really good accountant and a good attorney to call mm -hmm. on when you need to and maybe a brother or a sister who's willing to jump in and help you do things as you launch before you're able to pay them. So nobody does it alone. Remember, remember what your strengths are and what you bring to the table. Uh, I work with many new business owners and the where they get caught up the most is in their non-strengths. They will sit and labor over a website for nine months when they should be out coaching or consulting or doing what they do best. So if you're spending a dollar to get a penny in return energy-wise, you need to ask yourself who could help me with this. So don't do it all yourself. Have a good plan, have a goal, and and why are you doing this? Because a goal is not money. Many people out there will be going, well, my goal is money. No, that money is a tool. It's a vehicle. Mm -hmm. And if you want a bigger tool, good for you. That means you can make greater impact. But the why, what is that going to get you? Right? So Disneyland is not, the, the why for Disneyland is not because we have good rides. The why for Disneyland, for example, is uh, to be the happiest place on earth so people can come and be happy. And I won't argue with politics or whatever is going on at the moment, but just to use that example, um, world hunger is not uh, to make sure that we get boat, uh, boatloads of food over to Africa. It is so that nobody, no child goes hungry. Hmm. What is your why? What is your vision? Have a vision, have a plan to meet the goals that will feed that vision, and remember that you can do it. Others have done it before. Ask them for help. Nobody does it alone. Yeah. Well, Aunt Patty, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and being willing to put yourself on camera for me. Um, any final tips for anyone that wants to reach out to you and receive some coaching? How, sure. how do they contact you? Sure. So they contact me at patty at pattycotton.com. That's patty with an I. Okay. So they can reach out that way. And James, my dear nephew, it has been an absolute <laughs> privilege and pleasure to be with you today. This is cool. fun. Fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think we'll send it there. All right. Done. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you. All right. All hey, do right. you want some fizzy water or something? Um, I will go inside and drink a little water. Okay. I'm going to take right. these cards in and clear them out. We also have now. lemonade if you want.